0: hello and welcome back everybody to a brand new stardate brand new episode of the space show show thank you so much everyone for being so patient while we had some uh interruptions on the on the ship the great ship the space show show uh I and Carrie were sick a couple of weeks ago (laughs) I physically lost my voice it as it tends to happen every time I get sick with a sore throat my voice just quits um my entire and then, time off that
1: I was supposed to have to enjoy for the holidays, I was sick and couldn't speak. And yeah, mm-hmm.
0: but at least you were able to. Uh, at least you got sick after you went to Disneyland. That's true. That's true. Um,
1: but uh, well, people who people who were messaging me about, hey, where's the space show show? And my reply was a cryptic: How will you miss us if we won't go away?
0: <laughs> I did. Remember
1: that. <laughs> I did post
0: on Patreon, because if you are part of the Geek Show Patreon, GeekShowGotThisCovered.com, you do get an early drop of the Space Show show. And I did post there that, you know, due to an illness, uh, the crew could not perform that week. And everybody, thank you so much for your kind well wishes. Um, but everybody else who is not part of that, um, you were just left in the dark. And <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry about that. It's been a great, this first week of the new Stardate year has just been so crazy. But uh, I, even, I... Also, I personally haven't watched any Star Trek this year. Today is, what, the ninth that we're recording this? And I oh, haven't really? physically watched I know. And I've also only watched two movies, which if you know me, that's, I'm- That's very little for Rebecca. Insanely behind yeah. on everything. Mm. Um but uh welcome back i am your host rebecca frost joined by admiral carrie jackson and commander robert neal and today we're talking about these season one next generation episodes haven the big goodbye data lore angel one and one one zero zero one zero zero one which i don't know how you guys are pronouncing that that's how i'm pronouncing it
2: (laughs) it's probably the right way to pronounce it (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> this 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 batch of episodes has some of my favorites and so oh, really? let's start <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, this this when i watched this se- when i was watching the season for the first time last or two almost two years ago now oh, yeah. um the the haven and angel one i know oh, i cannot wait to talk about them um so let's just Jump right into a haven while go. on a mission to a planet called Haven. Counselor Troy meets her husband to be a marriage arranged by her father years before. As the Enterprise encounters a ship far deadlier than any combat could provide, uh, this one sees the grand return of our friend Major Barrett, who soon who would go on to be, you know, a, an even more Star Trek, but uh. We're traveling to Haven for some mm-hmm. shore leave. And the thing about this planet is it has mystical healing powers. And while we're on our way, um Counselor Troy is made aware of, hey, this wedding that I had arranged for you, or that her father had arranged for her years before. Um, we're moving forward with this wedding, so you gotta be ready. And this it's is new- now my dear. <laughs> and this is news to our boy Riker. And when I tell you mm-hmm. he is devastated. <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, let's start off with the fact that we first see Riker in his in his uh, quarters, having personal heart time. You're just kind of like, what What are you watching, doing? Watching,
1: just, just like, <laughs>
0: watching, like watching these two. I'm harp-
1: the one who breaks up with people, not you.
0: <laughs> what is this ache in my chest? I have never felt this, this before. Is what it's, when the, when I do that to them, is this what happens? <laughs> oh. Um and uh so Troy's parents and her hus- her intended husband's parents, Wyatt Miller, they aboard um the ship and Wyatt aboards the ship as well wow. um and then uh L'Oxana Troy also appears the fabulous return of Major Barrett. can you imagine Space watching receiver. this live? And uh, she is described as a larger than life personality who dominates any room just by her presence. You're and right, uh, she is diva. the ultimate That's space it. diva. Totally. <laughs> she makes Picard carry her luggage. Oh, that was a great as scene, by the way. I love
2: that scene.
1: <laughs>
0: Where <he's>... Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> um, so
2: um really quick, so Mr. Hom locked on um so- valet. Mm-hmm. was Carl Stryker, Stryker, who also played Lurch in the Addams Family movies.
1: And the giant in Twin Peaks. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: And this is not the same guy who appeared in that one episode of the original series that we no, determined? No, no okay.
1: that's a that's a different actor. That was... Uh, oh, okay. uh, I can't remember his name now, but he was the original Lurch in the Ted Addams Cassidy. Family TV series. Ted Cassidy, thank you. He was in Star Trek and this Lurch is from the movies adam family <laughs> oh my goodness star trek and the adam
0: family look at that <laughs> it's easy to do when there's such little television in the past in the past, um, yeah. deanna is sad because this means that she has to leave her position in starfleet um wyatt is a medical officer and uh luoxana says that the millers wyatt's family tracked her down in haven to f- and forced her to honor their vows taken several decades ago um deanna's sad about it but she uh, promises to honor the customs and traditions of her civilization which by the way a Beta Zoid wedding requires full nudity why
2: because uh, <laughs> because they're,
1: they're <laughs> apparently uh, well okay I read, uh, a Peter David novel, uh, called Imzadi, uh, written by Peter David, great comic book writer, also a great star Trek writer. And, uh, he explains that the beta Zeds are a very sexual, uh, race. Mm.
2: So, Which we get from, from, uh, seeing Oaxaca over the years and from the three beta zoids on lower decks.
0: Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, both Troy and Deanna and Wyatt, they do not really get a lot of time to know each other because they this was arranged when they were children and they have not really gotten to know each other. But um Wyatt does seem disappointed because he has been having visions and dreams of this woman that he thought would be Deanna and it is not Deanna. Rob, you seem to have thoughts on this.
2: I, I do, because so he, he pulls out these pictures that he's drawn over the years of this mystery woman. Yeah. And the first thing for me to start that in my head was hello is it me you're looking for because it, uh, it was totally see, totally I,
1: I went music video but a different genre i went this is a typical 80s heavy metal chick you
0: know in a, in <laughs> yeah, a music video. her hair <laughs> was huge <laughs> huge blonde hair, hair. yeah uh, um um so he he's also bummed about this situation because she's not this blonde white snake chick yeah. but uh <laughs> you know <laughs> it's okay um the millers are of course a human family so they want just a normal wedding with clothes but Luoxana is like absolutely not we are having a betazoid wedding um <laughs> where everyone must be naked um but they ultimately agree to um a half and half, because uh, later on we'll I'll get to the scene in a minute. Um, Deanna and Wyatt are talking, and and she says, "Well, this is the deal with Beta Zoid's wedding, and so they agree to do half and half. Which half would be well. naked?" uh you know they're gonna donald duck it they'll wear shirts <laughs> and they're gonna but no, winnie the pooh yeah, no <laughs> pants, so. um but this whole time um we've there's always a b plot right and our b plot is a turellian vessel has suddenly appeared destined for haven um the are uh, are supposedly have been extinct. And yeah. so their their presence is a surprise. Um, they had a war on their planet, which led to the use of biological weapons and the entire planet was infected. Uh, many Terrellians escaped but perished in other worlds. Um, they are carrying. They are rats. They are plague rats, mm-hmm. and
1: uh, and they're headed to Haven because they heard the
0: legends of the healing uh, of the mystical there. healing properties. Um, so Wyatt uh, offers to work with Doctor Crusher to find a cure for the Trellian plague. Um, and meanwhile, Haven has asked for protection from the Terellians because they don't they don't want this plague. Um, and they're like, shoot them down, John Luke, shoot them down, are yeah, like
2: <laughs> blow them out of the sky. And it's like you were supposed to be such a peaceful planet. What happened?
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um,
0: but in the meantime, my favorite emo son, William Riker. Oh, if, <laughs> if you are watching along at home, I pulled up a picture of our my sweet emo Prince William Riker on a rock in the hollow deck looking just the saddest he's ever looked. <laughs> Why didn't
1: he go full goth video and do a a Uh, church in the rain or something like that?
0: He's picked a lovely dead, like this is a, to me, a beautiful scene, just a pink and purple sunset in the desert. He's got his, his. Pining rock that he's cast yes. himself upon, <laughs> and Deanna, of course, has to come in and comfort him because that is the role of any woman in any male female relationship. Um, but she's a counselor; that's her job. She is. He's, he's a suffering starting
2: officer, and she's a counselor.
0: You are correct. Um, <clears throat> and, and this, is, I'm sorry, this I tried is when it. it's okay. This is also. Uh, when Wyatt also comes to the holodeck, which, by the way, rude. <laughs> I know these people are just walking in. Is there a lock on there? Not first. <laughs> I, I want to be. I imagine. I imagine well, Riker's got one of those hand drawn. No girls allowed. <laughs> well, I
2: mean, here. the safety safety protocols were inactive, so I mean, it's like, oh, sure, just walk on in.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this is where Riker leaves Diana because Diana, you know, she. Does her best to comfort him they both acknowledge hey we're both upset about this but it is what it is and um then why it comes and then this is where they have their conversation about uh one hey i used to have a thing with that emo kid that just left and two we're gonna have to be naked during this wedding (laughs) surprise (laughs) hilarious hilarious Mm. uh back in the b plot you know haven wants Picard to destroy the Torellian ship but Picard's like hold on I got a prime directive I got to uphold here and uh they they try to make contact with the Torellians and it's been unsuccessful they hold the Trellian ship in a tractor beam and disable disables their ability to transport anything just in case uh they finally establish visual contact with the Torellian ship um and the white snake lady is there and Wyatt goes hey wait a minute I've seen you from my pictures. <laughs> I drew your pictures. <laughs> you were in my dreams. Um, And then
2: she's like, You were in mine too.
0: <laughs> and, uh, Ultimately, Wyatt decides to join his dream woman on the Torellian ship, and he takes over some medical medical supplies with him. He takes over some ibuprofen. Turns out that fixes it. And uh, they no longer have to go to Haven, and everyone lives happily ever after. Because Deanna doesn't have to get married, and he got his white snake woman, and... And, and Riker AMC. got Deanna back, and yeah. And Bob's your uncle. <laughs> <laughs> right. But we didn't get a
1: wedding. Darn it.
0: But uh this episode also, um, Deanne they, they, they have a dinner and Lwaxana is stirring that pot. The real housewives of the Enterprise, am I right? Oh she's totally the real
2: housewives <laughs> of babysitter. <laughs> and the, the and, whole who are you I'm just like the only thing you missed was like a snap in the neck i And he's like, that's the only thing missing.
1: The Lord of the House of had the rings of whatever, (laughs) and the whole proclamation that she makes.
0: And uh, Deanna gets so fed up. She storms out and knocks over the gong that they keep ringing every 10 seconds. And I was... Because whenever... I love that bit. Whenever (laughs) whenever she takes a bite to eat, Lurch has to hit the gong. Bomb. And it was just... It was a nice emotional outburst from Deanna because up until this point, we... uh, have only seen calm cool collected Deanna but yes seeing dramatic Deanna was, was an icon and data data would love the real housewives <laughs> because as soon as she leaves he says can we continue the petty bickering I find it most <laughs> intriguing
1: <laughs>
0: and that's when data has started to uh, <clears throat> become one of my favorites a bits some bits of trivia from this Gene Roddenberry told his wife Majel Barrett that her character La Guaxana Troy was written as the anti-mame of the galaxy um a second and uncredited Star Trek appearance of Armin Shimmerman, who would later go on to be Quark. He shows up as the talking gift box from the Betazoids. Oh yeah. Okay, it's can it's
2: we talk about that way. for a second? Yeah. Because that was like it was like <laughs> Harry Potter in space. It's like that box was like a howler from Harry yes. Potter.
0: And, yes. and she spared up, nothing.
1: And it shows up later in lower
0: decks, by the way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs>
0: and uh this episode features the only usage of the Enterprise D's dining room and future seasons. Formal events would almost always be held in Ten Forward, which Okie dokie. Ten Forward you gotta will get, up you gotta up get...
1: season two, I think.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Correct.
2: But you gotta get dining in or something.
0: Um The next episode, The Big Goodbye, Captain Picard and some of his crew were caught in a deadly trap in the holodeck as the result of a ship-wide scan from an alien race. This is the first of two holodeck misadventures in this batch of episodes. Um, But also the first real uh, venture into the land of pretend, right? Uh, So. The the main plot of this episode is the Enterprise is on its way to a diplomatic mission where Captain Picard has to master an extremely difficult language and deliver a welcome address flawlessly, or else. Mm. Um, (laughs) The Harada are an insect-like race and they consider the slightest mispronunciation an insult. So he's stressed, he's tired, and uh, so Picard decides to take Counselor Troi's advice and spend some time on the holodeck. And the holodeck has recently been upgraded we're recently upgrading the holodeck twice in like two weeks. I know, as right. we'll see later. Anyway, mm-hmm. it's <laughs> this holodeck. Um, but our boy Picard, he chooses his favorite program, where he gets to play a private detective named Dixon Hill in 1940s San Francisco, <laughs> and he rolls up in his costume, <laughs> and he is also accompanied by the ship's historian uh, Waylon. Uh, That's when you and- knew there was going to be trouble. When, when he, you take someone who's not another main character, unknown
1: character, oh, he's a ship's historian. You're like, okay, problem, problem. I can see it,
0: you know. <laughs> weeoo, wee-oo, wee-oo. Um,
2: Why does the ship need a historian if we've got all? If you've got the biggest mobile computer in space, why do we need a historian?
0: Hey. <laughs> Uh, now you're gonna someone's blow sp- gotta input someone's <coughs> gonna input the stuff into the computer <laughs>
1: now you're gonna blow sp- you're, now you're gonna blow space seed out of the water come on now Shh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um the harada rendezvous is still like 11 hours away and so picard hopes to wrap up his adventure in the holodeck well before then um Within this Picard's detective story, he's retained by a wealthy lady, Mrs. Arthur Bradley, to figure out who is trying to kill her. She suspects a Cyrus Redblock, and Picard charges twenty dollars a day as his retainer plus expenses. Expenses, you know, in the holodeck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but turns out she dies. He learns about it in the newspaper, and um, Picard is arrested because he was one of the last women she saw. Um. At this, while all this is happening, the Enterprise is scanned by the Harada, a long-range scan, and it causes a malfunction that traps Picard, as well as Dr. Crusher and Data in the holodeck, as, and our ship's historian Whelan. Um Picard is being interrogated by a police officer, and it's all very lifelike. And not only that, but the safety mechanisms of the holodeck seem to be disabled, because there is a shootout, and... Um, wayland gets shot with a with a a real life a real bullet and bleeds real blood and everyone is like oh oh no (laughs) we are actually in danger um and also the holodeck is not letting them leave they keep trying to end the simulation and they are just stuck um
2: but there's one thing well one thing though because picard went in the first time and is experiencing the holodeck And he goes back in, and when he does, he invites Dr. Crusher on awkward movie date, and that's when Waylon and Data come in.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, and and there is
0: there is there is definitely yeah. a moment in this episode where Picard turns to Beverly and is like, "Do you want to go see my fun detective office?" And she goes, <laughs> "Yes." And you can just tell, you can just tell they were buying a two way ticket to Poundtown when <laughs> Whelan and Data are like, "Hey, we also want to see the office," and, and Again, they can't say locks. no. <laughs>
1: locks on the door. Let's get you know.
0: No, but they asked, Waylon and Data asked, and you can't just say no when somebody else wants to see your office. I'm the goddamn captain. I can say no. <laughs> um, out, out on the Enterprise, um, Wesley is our child prodigy, fixes it. Um, yeah. uh, blah, 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 I Listen, I was so bored by this episode. I, I, I was as well. I liked seeing Data in his fun outfit um from south and america i like <laughs> seeing everybody in their fun pretend outfits but i was surprisingly yeah. bored by this yeah. episode i mean this
1: was this was to set up the whole idea of the holodeck mm-hmm. uh, where yeah. it could do more than just be you know the place where where frakes goes to to wine <laughs> uh, or <laughs> where Wesley falls into the river or that, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's you know, they, they I guess they needed to set up the possibilities of the holodeck, but yeah, it's kind of a all in all a not great. Yeah,
0: episode. our our child prodigy Wesley fixes it. Picard delivers his speech to the harada flawlessly, typical classic uh yeah, TNG episode. Um this is the only episode of any star trek series to win a peabody award um if you're like me and didn't quite know what a peabody award was a peabody award is named for american businessman and philanthropist george peabody honored what are described as the most powerful enlightening and invigorating stories in television radio and online media interesting um (laughs) maurice hurley the producer of the show described this episode as being like a breath of fresh air he explained it was just fun to do it's got humor and life to it the thing is that star trek can't brood if it broods it gets self-important and self-indulgent and preachy like it has a tendency to do if it's not careful but it has some life to it some humor and then it just jumps up and flies it's different but absolutely locked in the star trek format everything in there worked and i agree Absolutely agree. This is a solid Star Trek episode. Yeah. Um Maybe I'm just spoiled with my 2023, 2024 eyes. And... Could be. Could be. I, you know, <laughs>
1: I, going back and and watching it, I, I'm as I'm watching it, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I can see why this is. You needed to do this episode. I understand. You're you're bringing the people along. This is a new thing. We didn't have the holodecks on the original series. Let's teach them what this is. Let's teach them that there are consequences. Why you build a thing that could kill you. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not have safety protocols with the ability to be turned off in there. Yeah. You know.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, to... but you also, this also gave us the first big existential crisis episode for TNG with um, at the very end when Redblock and his goon walk out of the holodeck and start to fade. And the detective sees them fade and is like, "So what happens when you walk out of here? Do I die?" Mm.
0: And, yeah. And okay. and
2: he's like, "I don't know."
0: Mm-hmm. Computer, lights off. <laughs> stop thinking about it, please. Stop acknowledging your existence. <laughs> Uh, and then also budget restrictions prevented the harada from appearing on screen tracy torme the writer yeah. was disappointed because he had developed a hive mind culture for the aliens the script describes them as wasp-like black and yellow with pointed insectoid features and waving black antennae hmm. so yeah i can see why the budget couldn't afford <laughs> that yeah
1: well we got a couple of uh, expensive episodes ahead of us so yeah you can't have your bugs this time but
0: no bugs you can't be a doctor who episode um (laughs) moving on to an episode that rob was pretty bored by data lore the enterprise visits the planet where data was created you said you fell asleep
2: (laughs) i was tired
0: (laughs) (laughs) the enterprise visits the planet where data was created and discovers another android like him but when he's assembled he's not exactly like him
1: now see I I skipped this episode on the original run. What? And yeah, so the whole Data origin thing <clears throat> was kind of new to me. I I didn't realize that that was his his origin story that he was just found, you know. Uh so Little uh, Orphan
0: that, Data. Yeah,
1: Little Orphan Data was uh, that was new <laughs> to me. So uh that was interesting <laughs> and I thought who would leave this perfectly good android just lying out here outside? I don't understand.
0: Well, as the Enterprise is on its way to visit Data's planet, Omicron Theta, to see if they can learn more about his somewhat unknown beginnings, Uh, the entire population of the planet died unknown reasons, um, died of unknown reasons many years previously, and Data uh, was found right around that time. Uh, The entire planet is now dead with no vegetation or insects or even soil bacteria um and although they find no one alive they do find a huge underground complex and surprisingly a disassembled version of data they also find a lab belonging to dr nunyan sung the earth's foremost robotic scientist who was known to have been working on the creation of the positronic brain um but he was known to have failed in his quest and inside the labs they also find many drawings by kids uh, that show a glowing object in the sky and frightening all the inhabitants of the planet below so of course like you do uh when you see a puzzle you put it together and mm-hmm. we've got a second data but
1: he's got it was
2: emotions. funny because it's like the six million dollar man remake you know 23rd century style just like well we put this here and here i'm just like where's rudy wells when you need him Exactly. Thank <laughs> you.
0: I got that um, reference. Thank you, Robert. <laughs> and also, it's around. It's also data tells Beverly a secret. He has an off switch. Don't tell anybody. Okay, he's trusting Doctor Beverly well, it's, Crusher it's with it's this your, secret uh,
1: knowledge. Doctor, uh, you know confidentiality. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, the reassembled version introduces himself as Lore, uh, and he is an earlier and also superior version of Data. He claims that he was disassembled because he was so human-like that he frightened the local population.
1: Uh, in that you're a dick, in that most <laughs> humans are, and that most humans are dicks, is that it? That hey, you're too we too human like hey. <laughs> We
0: don't like him. He's mean. <laughs> hey,
1: he's showing us the bad side of us. Let's get rid of him.
0: <laughs> so the local population asked Dr. Soong to create a less perfect android. Uh, so we have an uncanny valley data now. Uh, really? Lore also claims <laughs> that the positronic brains inside data in him are from Dr. Nguyen Sung, and hence he was right after all. Lore also demonstrates how data was has limitations that were purposefully built in by Dr. Soong to make him less human. Um, it's like he can't tell jokes. He can't figure out humor. Um can't he doesn't use contractions. Um Lore tells Picard of a crystalline entity that feeds on the life force of all living beings, and this was the entity that struck Omicron Theta and killed everyone on the planet. Um, but Lore also knows more than he lets on, and he has the ability to call upon the crystalline entity of great destructive power, the very power that destroyed the planet. Um, and that is why he was disassembled in the first place. Um, Lore, uh like humans, is ambitious and he wanted to cozy up to the evil thing. And uh, all he and he uh, he he wants to bring it on to the enterprise. Uh, <laughs> Laura is an
1: asshole from day one, is the thing you need oh, yeah. to point that out. Yeah. The second he's turned yeah. on, he, he he is an Smarmy. Asshole.
2: he yeah. is smarty,
1: yes, mm-hmm. and and should not have been trusted. But of course, our naive next gen cast were like, Oh, everyone, not well, true, because is
2: like. Tasha was like, well, look. It's a, Tasha knows, like of, now. of course She's Tasha like, knows. security chief and not his girlfriend. How much can you trust Data now? Mm, yes.
0: But also, so, Lore roofies Data, first of all, and switches clothes <laughs> with him, and um, starts to impersonate Data. And um, Wesley finds, Wesley finds them, and um, Lore tells Wesley, as Data, that Lore, air quotes, attacked him. Um, and he then also sends a message to the crystalline entity to the from the enterprise and writing it delicious
1: humans here for you to eat (laughs) i think you might
0: like it i'm Um, a
1: jerk robot Uh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) and uh there's that scene where lore is talking to data like right before he roofies him and i don't think data can necessarily feel heartbreak but when lore was telling jokes and explaining to data that he has humor and knows how desperately data wants to understand humor Mm -hmm. i do feel like you can see data's android heartbreak because that's all he wants is he wants to be human but not a dick about it you
2: know (laughs) Um, yeah
0: So, they're back on the ship and Wesley has his suspicions. And Wesley is very, very forthright in saying, hey, I don't think we should trust Data. And this is where we get that fun gif of Picard saying, shut up, Wesley. Um and having watched this episode a second time because wesley he he doesn't back down he says like at least three times we cannot trust him and even stands up in defiance of Mm -hmm. captain picard and says we cannot trust him and watching this a second time with brand new starfleet star trek eyes right i was so proud of wesley for doing this this took starfleet guts to do it and did. i was so so proud of him and and here's what
1: i'm d- determining because i'm a few episodes ahead of, of this batch here i'm looking back on my wesley dislike and reexamining it now everybody is being such a dick to him mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone from picard Riker on down even his mother at points we're not treating wesley really well i mean Mm -hmm. certainly not the respect that he should get i mean how many points do you have to score before they treat you like a like a person
2: well we not only get the first shut up wesley here but the second one comes from his mom
0: yeah and i oh when that happened i was like i ah how dare you beverly crusher say that to your son who you should believe like i it was just i remember the first time i watched this i was like "Uh shut up Leslie, get Mm -hmm. bent but now watching it knowing what it takes to be in starfleet and just the cojones that you have to have Mm -hmm. i i cannot exaggerate enough just how much pride i was filled with doing the rewatch
1: Wesley is much more qualified to be on that bridge than a lot of people on that bridge.
2: Well, and another thing, didn't Beverly like two, two or three episodes before this defend him? Like, if an adult had said this, you'd be fine with it. Exactly. And Picard was yeah. kind of like, let's yeah, let's not talk about that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, then, it was. And then
1: suddenly it shut up Wesley. It's clearly it's like the first season there's there's no continuity here there's somebody needs to be in charge of that you know
0: well and especially when it comes to dr crusher too but we will talk more about we'll that, that. Yes. further on um long story short it's all fixed you know uh <laughs> data's defeated or uh, laura's defeated, laura's laura's defeated. Laura. data is returned um Wesley gets the, his job back the entity moves away um i i do love which one do I shoot? That's one of my favorite tropes, and we had we got that in this episode, um, and you know, Bob's your uncle, tomato right. tomato. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, moving on to another one of my favorite episodes of this. Oh, just kidding. Before we move on, uh, some bits of trivia from Data Lore. According to Will Wheaton, the stand-in actor used in this episode really irritated Brent Spider and was never used again. He described the stand-in as looking like a breakdancer doing the robot whenever he had to portray Data or Lore and said that, I think the guy was really into playing an android and his enthusiasm got cranked up to 11. But by the end of the week, pretty much everyone wanted to deactivate him and sell him to the nearest Jawa.
1: Ooh. Uh, wow. Because the guy was told, you're playing an android. And so that was where he went, you know. <laughs> instead, of, in, instead of saying, uh, how do you play this android? hmm. You know.
0: Exactly. Um, Data's creator's name is Nunyan Sung, similar to the name Khan Nunyan Singh. And let me just say this I have had a problem with this character's name
1: from the beginning. It's too <laughs> goddamn close to Khan Nunyan Singh.
0: Gene Roddenberry. They, they should have picked a different name. Gene Roddenberry used these names in hopes of contacting a World War II buddy with a similar name with whom we, he had lost contact, which we had talked about previously when we've talked about Khan.
1: Yeah, but I don't care. You're just confusing <laughs> us. Use the phone and the phone book. I mean, if you're looking for your buddy, this is it's just too close. I've had so many people who are just casual Star Trek fans have come up to me and said, now, wait, did Khan invent data? And
2: I'm like, no. Yes. You should be like, Yes, yes he did. Yes. It just <laughs> on. All those um, years on Steady Alpha Five, had to do something. Yep.
1: We, had to do, <laughs> we made
0: a robot. Yeah. Uh this was also the final episode of Star Trek written by Gene Roddenberry before his death on October twenty fourth, nineteen ninety one. There you go. Uh which if that's if that's Gene Rod- one of Gene Roddenberry's final episodes, I think it's great okay pretty cool yeah fantastic way to go great perv
1: of the galaxy
0: <laughs> uh moving on to angel one Riker, troy data and yar beamed down to a planet ruled by a matriarchal government in the hopes of locating a missing freighter crew and let me tell <laughs> you when i first started watching this episode so however many years ago uh I tweeted, okay, I'm, uh, I, I live tweet the episodes. And so I was like, okay, it's time for Angel 1. And everyone was like, yes, <laughs> strap in Rebecca. And <laughs> I cannot believe I am so predictable. Uh, but we'll get to that. The Enterprise visits the planet Angel 1 in hopes of rescuing the survivors of a Federation cargo vessel Odin that had crashed there. The vessel itself was floating in space but had three life pods missing. The crash took place several years before, and it's taken many years for any Federation ship to receive the distress call, and so they're not sure what to expect. Um, They do know that Angel One is a matriarchal society with technology the same as mid-20th century Earth. Here, women are stronger, and the men adopt a more subservient role. Um, Beata, is that how her name is pronounced? Beata? I cannot remember. Uh, She's elected as one of, as, she's elected one that's her title one of the planet um and she allows the enterprise team to make a brief visit to search for the missing federation crew deanna takes the lead in communicating with the female dominated society which makes sense um They confirm there are four male survivors, their leader's name is Ramsey, and they are hiding on the planet. Seven years ago, when they landed there, he accepted the hospitality, but later grew restive and even questioned the natural order, as human males are wont to do.
1: Of course.
0: (laughs) No, no shade to you guys. Um, Beata asks the Enterprise to look for these fugitives and remove them from the planet as soon as possible. Um, But when they find them, the survivors don't want to leave which is a problem for everyone involved because Biatas saying hey we are going to kill these men if they are not taken yeah. off this planet but they, they don't want to leave
1: we're going to catch um, them and put them to death you better get rid of them
0: but they have integrated into the planet they have wives they have children now and um they claim that beata is afraid of them since she believes they will start a patriarchal society in angel one and wants them gone did you guys see the movie barbie moving on um yeah <laughs> we all know what happens if you bring patriarchy to barbie land that's right um data tells Yarn diana that since odin was not a starship it is its crew is not bound by the prime directive unless they cannot force ramsey and his men to leave if they want to stay um It turns out Beata's second-in-command, Ariel, is actually in love with Ramsay and reveals herself when the Enterprise trio leave. Uh, As for Riker, he also has to tread carefully with the planet's leader, Beata, and she takes an interest in him because, of course, how could you not? Uh, She invites Riker for some drinks and wants to have sex with him, and eventually Riker gives in air quotes, gives in like he well, put up much of a fight. It's diplomacy. And remember, it was
1: only three episodes ago he was mourning losing Deanna. All right.
0: He's, this is my rebound.
1: Again, continuity. You need somebody with the show Bible there watching things happen.
0: But one of the um, fun
2: things to note here is when he goes to, to have that private dinner with her, his outfit, he wears the traditional um, Angel One outfit. I've
0: got you. Uh... There you go.
2: (laughs) And Troy's just kind of like, but you're going to it up in front of her? But we we can be a thing again.
0: (laughs) What's so funny about this outfit is he goes to change. Deanna comes back into the room and she's like, Natasha, you are not going to believe what you are about to see with your own two eyes.
1: (laughs) They're both laughing. They're, They're both laughing. I love it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> He's you just hear- got one nipple out and the smuggiest grin <laughs> anyone's ever seen. Now, here's
1: here's the sad thing about this about this this outfit. Okay, well, I mean, there are many things. But, what do you uh, mean, the sad? Back thing? <laughs> when Next Generation was just coming out in syndication on the on the networks, Playmates Toys had the license for Star Trek: The Next Generation action figures, and this they is would an give, figure.
0: And do you have it?
1: They would give a toy. To a character, remember the traveler with the three fingers? Yeah. He got an action figure. You know, a bunch of characters that were on the episodes once got an action figure. Sadly, Rebecca, we never got an Angel <sighs> One Riker as much as we all we,
0: <laughs>
1: we never got I Guess one. I'll have to
0: take matters into my own hands. <laughs> Let's, <laughs> hey, listen, if you
1: customize action figures, if you could make an Angel One Riker custom figure, please let us know
0: please send it my way and this is this is the moment everybody on twitter who was following along with my live tweet was waiting for and boy did they deliver i have i still haven't recovered um <laughs> dios mio oh back in the b plot though um aboard the enterprise uh, a severe flu epidemic has st- has struck and um picard is infected so geordie is acting captain and i gotta tell you geordie's sitting in the captain's chair and saying making it make it so i the way i fist pumped i was so hyped like i need more of this i need more geordie in the captain's chair um, Beverly, uh, she ooh, she's working her butt off trying to figure this thing out. This virus mutates every twenty minutes. Zero fatalities, though. Um, she figures out that the virus travels by imitating the scent of a perfume that initiates deep inhalation by another person. So there's a moment where Picard is with Worf, and Worf is, like, or Picard is like, "What is that smell?" And Worf is like, "Oh, that's that's a that's a Klingon delicacy, isn't it amazing?" And Picard, no. <laughs> he's so <laughs> just so mean <laughs> um the enterprise also receives reports of a federation outpost near the neutral zone tracking seven romulan battleships um and they need backup riker wants to beam to the enterprise and defend the outpost but deanna doesn't want to surrender the four more to Biata, and also beverly's like you cannot come up here we've got the f- we've got covid up here you cannot come mm-hmm. up here um Beata figures out that Ariel is supporting one of the human, the human Ramsey. Riker speaks to Beata again and offers to take the four Odin crew and all of their associates, including Ariel. But um, but now Beverly, she doesn't, she doesn't want anyone to come aboard just yet. Um, They send Data up because Data can't catch it and uh, orders the Enterprise to the outpost to defend against the Romulans um data reckons that there's still time and they have 48 minutes to fix things on the planet and the ship so beverly you better figure it out um
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Riker argues to beata that ramsey did not start the revolution he merely became a symbol of the changes in angel society which were already well underway beata finds truth in this and releases the captives um beverly finds the antidotes Yada yada yada. Um the, the the big message of this one is you can't stop a revolution, old lady. And uh <laughs> <laughs> a male revolution, lady. Just... <sighs> oh, yeah. But we also
2: you know, this is the first time we get like, so data can can't catch this virus. He can catch the, the one from the naked doll yes. and he can get drunk or he can get roofy. But hey, mm-hmm. you get this virus, send data, no problem.
1: Exactly. Again,
2: uh, consistent a
1: yeah. showrunner continuity we need to have these rules
2: <laughs> so it's, and one other thing a bad. trivia thing so a trivia thing that rebecca may not have gotten but i'm not sure
0: well let's you
2: see know? so uh her ariel beata's aid was played by patricia mcpherson who previous to this was best known as bonnie barstow hits mechanic on night rider I
1: did not I have
0: that her. bit of trivia. I'm out. like
1: racking my brain going, I've seen her. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um Here
0: to help. the the bits of trivia I do have for Angel 1. Uh, this episode marks the first mention of the Romulans in the next generation. Um some of the production crew subsequently thought poorly of this episode executive producer maurice hurley described it as terrible just terrible one of the ones you just as soon erase and producer Her- herbert wright felt that the sexual places it was dragged to was absurd and then this piece uh ooh, that made me real mad uh Patrick Stewart had previously given the writers and producers his disagreements with elements of other episodes, leading Gates McFadden to think she was welcome to do the same. Ah. When she complained that the episode struck her as sexist, the writers waited until the end of the season, when Gene Roddenberry left the show and appointed a new showrunner, to declare that they that they would also quit the show unless McFadden was fired. As a result, she was written off the show for the second season. Yeah, that's so, the that was great yeah just so so cool i also um started reading the book lessons in chemistry carrie that the oh, show is yeah. based off of yeah. and who who boy there's a lot of sexism just in my life that i'm experiencing just oh, by yeah. proxy
1: yeah.
0: Uh, um mm, anyway Moving on to the next episode, 11001001, the Enterprise docks at a starbase for repairs where it is commandeered by a race of technologically linked aliens intent on using the vessel for their own purposes. Uh, so this, the Enterprise is docked at a Starbase um, for what is supposed to be a computer upgrade. The uh, Enterprise is one week late than scheduled due to another task I had to perform on the way. The upgrade is in the hands of the Binars, an advanced race whose minds work in binary code. Um, and the Binars, I really wish we'd see them again because their whole deal is actually pretty cool about how yeah. they they evolved with technology ingrained into them. Um. One zero and zero one are one of the pairs that are in charge of the refit. Picard says that the binars became very connected to the main computer on their planet and gradually evolved into binary beings themselves with the binary language. Riker has a strange feeling about them and asks Wesley to keep an eye on them
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so now we'll listen to you if you find something strange
0: <laughs> yeah
1: yes, exactly now
0: yeah. uh yeah. but Riker he. He doesn't know what to do with himself when they're on some downtime. So he decides to spend some time on the holodeck in a New Orleans jazz bar. I like how Uh, specific he got building that world. So specific. Because the holodeck had also recently been upgraded by the Binars. And they said, hey, try it out get specific and he was like okay and listed off just the most detailed scenario possible yeah. <laughs> i love that no
1: it's too crowded in here You're really, you really know, yeah uh, let's see make it this time of day make you know it was it was perfect the way he did that
0: and even in crafting the woman that he wants to meet there no make her sluttier and she just changes to brown hair immediately <laughs> yes <laughs> that's the one um and so he meets the beautiful minuet and um he riker You're smitten just getting horny for anything you know
1: uh, <laughs> and even answers how real are you, You're how? Real, you need, as like, real as you need me to be buddy
0: you know like what like if i, if I like could have... you and uh, you know and eventually later picard joins them too and and there's something talking about her like she's not even there this is amazing isn't it she's, wow look at that you know we saw you from across the bar and liked your vibe. Uh, <laughs>
1: anyway, we oh, also and she's, learn- and, and she's all about keeping Picard in there. That was, that oh, was yeah. I, I oh, thought yeah. that was interesting. At first, I didn't understand why because I was just like, Is she trying to cock block Riker? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> I do, <you> know- <laughs> Um, But
0: we also learn Riker can play the trombone, baby, and he gets right up on that stage and it's La La Land 2017 all over again, or 2016 all over again. Um, Meanwhile, back on the Enterprise outside of the holodeck, um, the warp containment field begins to fail and whoop, whoop, red alert. Um, Data orders an evacuation of the ship um, because uh, when the containment field fails, the antimatter, antimatter connects with matter and then explodes. So They
1: were like, the um, ship's going to
0: blow up. we got to get everybody off and get out of here. Get so everybody gets off the ship, and Data sends the ship off into the far reaches of space, um, not realizing that Riker and the captain are still on the ship. Um, the computer confirmed to Data that Riker and Picard were not on the ship, but then it leaves. Everybody's like, where's Riker and Picard? Oh my god, they must still be on the ship. Oh, and the Binars, too. The Binars are still on the ship um they riker and picard soon kind of piece together that minuet does not want them to leave the holodeck (laughs) and um they get a situation update from the computer and they are wandering around the ghost town of the enterprise um and it appears that the binars have stolen the enterprise but uh they arm themselves set the ship to auto destruct they have five minutes um they notice an enormous amount of data being received and stored on the Enterprise's computer banks. They access the bridge and find four binars lying unconscious and dying. Picard and Riker cancel the autodestruct um as they reach the by bi- the Binar's planet. Um, they find that the main computer on the binar's planet is off and um a star in their system is about to go Nova. The EMP from that would have shut down their computer and erased all data. So they plan to shift all data into the only mobile computer large enough, the Enterprise. Um mm-hmm. but the Nova went off earlier than expected and the Enterprise was one week late. So they transferred the data to the star base and they didn't know and she doesn't know why the binars are dying. Um blah blah blah. Picard figures out the passcode to the combination of by- is the Combination of the binars' names, 11001001. um They transfer the information and uh, the main system reboots, the binars recover. um They held Riker on the holodeck since they knew that they might die and needed someone to restore the computers, and they didn't ask for help as though uh, they thought they were at risk of rejection and the stakes were too high. So, the moral of this episode is don't be afraid to ask for help.
1: Mm, yeah, nice.
0: And, so, so
2: yeah. there's a couple of things about this episode especially that, that wrap-up part. They knew that they needed Riker, great, but it took Picard and another console, so they never considered the fact that we need two people, not just one, to, to put in the password at the same time. And that never came up. Just like, yeah, we, we were gonna keep Riker because we figured he'd be okay. You just happened to be here, fortunately, at the same time. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But another yeah. thing, if you're watching as the episode progresses, Uh, The station commander, and I can't remember what his, uh, the space starbase commander, I can't remember what his name was, uh, immediately identifies because Riker or Picard made a comment about um, gendering, and the station commander says, they're not gendered. Riker, through the entire episode, keeps saying, he, to divine ours
0: he won't give into the woke agenda. You guys, Warm- I cannot believe we <laughs> haven't even talked about I should have wrote this up at the top of the episode. The Fox News correspondent who when they were talking of, they were talking about a story about how Star Star Wars is too woke because of its feminist propaganda mm-hmm. and that's why she's a Trekkie and did yeah. the Vulcan salute backwards and also tell me you've never watched star trek without telling me you've never watched star trek it was woke since 66 it is uh, (laughs) always been woke and this is just another great example of the woke propaganda of Mm -hmm. non-gendered peoples right yes Uh, anyway there are more to come on this show (laughs) she clearly has not more
1: to come she has not watched star trek or the star trek that she's watched is all captain kirk centric and she thinks it's all you Know the boys it's all here,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, another thing with um minuet, um, when she first appeared on, on screen and turns her head, and we get you know, when he finally gets the minuet that we know and love. <laughs> um, when she turns her head, it surprised me how much she looked like Kate Mulgrew, a younger she Kate Mulgrew.
1: Mm-hmm. She did for a second, didn't she? Yeah,
2: and the piano trio or the, the jazz trio, um, the piano player. For people of a certain age, Schoolhouse Rock—that was Jack Sheldon. He's the guy who played and sang "Conjunction Junction," and I'm just a bill. Him?
0: Yeah, well, that's that him. him. Oh
2: wow! Yes. If, if not for him, I wouldn't have passed school. <laughs> I'm, that's not an
1: exaggeration either, man.
2: But yeah, English it was. And, I was English looking and up something. Math. I'm just like, you who know. is this guy? Because like, I knew that I knew that Riker, sorry, uh, Jonathan Frakes does not play trombone, or at least did not as of that episode, but you can tell when you watch him Cor-
0: Correction! Don't you worry Robert, I have an explanation for this. Jonathan Franks is ap- actually able to play the trombone and has done so since the age of nine. Oh. However, the producers wanted a more professional sound so they hired session musicians to overdub his playing. No effort was made to match the overdub to the visual image and as a result it often looks like the actor has no idea what he's doing. And, okay, And, and why, this would be repeated throughout the series. You?
1: Why don't, <laughs> try to match, why don't you try to match what he's playing? I mean, come on. You
0: know. And ironically, this episode won an Emmy Award in 1988 in the category of Outstanding Sound Editing for a series.
2: So one other thing for Carrie, um, the Starbase, it was reused from Star Trek III. Is a Starbase that the Enterprise oh, yes. pulls same and starbase
1: i was going to bring that up i thought that the starbase sequences in this were beautiful uh you know seeing the enterprise e you know flying up to that familiar looking starbase that we have seen and then the docking and, and all of that all of that starbase stuff i thought was great that's where apparently we couldn't get the bugs for previous episodes because we had nope. the starbase stuff that we had to do yeah
0: but they got the, foot, all the costumes the, got the all the costumes um well, that, uh, that's, these, that's this group of episodes. Um, next episode, we will be talking about Too Short a Season, When the bow Breaks, Home Soil, Coming of Age, and Heart of Glory. Um, what, do we, what do we think about this batch of episodes? Best episodes ever? Uh, you know, Angel One, Haven, <laughs> solids in my heart, but I know they're not necessarily <laughs> fantastic for everybody else.
2: They were okay. Uh, I mean, I, love- I think that my high water mark is still a uh, "Code of Honor." Mm. So you know, compared yeah. to that, I mean, it's a high, that's a, that's <laughs> a high bar to hit for any episode after that.
1: We we certainly have some better episodes on our way. Uh, I'll say yes. that mm-hmm. um, these mm-hmm. these are okay, but we do have some better episodes on our way, including the uh, season finally which is uh, fast approaching. So yes, uh, uh, yep. yeah, uh, some good episodes coming, and it the show does start to find its footing. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, granted, we had to get through an entire first season, but I think once we start the second season, we'll see a show that maybe has got this continuity thing figured out, maybe. And, uh, you know, we won't be making the same mistakes, and there is a show Bible now, and, you know, that whole thing.
0: Yeah, we have to walk before we can run. Yeah. And while we're learning to run, we will keep going where no man has gone before, but a lot of men have gone before. And we'll see you next time, everybody. Thanks.